the religious right that I was part of is fundamentally anti-American. They hate this country. They wrap themselves in the flag, but they hate America as it is. The America that embraces gay people is multicultural, is a homogenous society that seeks to incorporate all races and ethnic creeds into its culture. The America they love is the, quote, Christian America that they keep harping back to, that people like Rick Perry, Michelle Bachman, Sarah Palin, George W. Bush, etc., all want to take us back to. But it's an America that never existed and certainly doesn't now. And I think that really what people have to begin to understand is that the language of the right, where they've talked about patriotism and the past and so forth, really turned against them uh, would be appropriate because it's that basic lack of patriotism that does not like the laws of the country so tells people to revolt. This flirtation with secessionism that people like Rick Perry and Sarah Palin's husband have played with, these sort of violent uh, overtures saying, you know, we, we, we would know what to do with the chairman of the Fed in Texas, we treat him rough kind of stuff. You know, this is the language of people who are unpatriotic, essentially hate their country, want to defund the U.S. government completely, uh, and, and in the best of all worlds would literally overthrow our system of government. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. So this is, uh, this is our second week in a row that we are recording as planned. I cannot even believe that this is happening. <laughs> I don't think anything happens as planned. Rapture! I, Rapture! It, it's, the fucking four horsemen are outside right now, fucking waiting for me. Yeah, they're going to be guests on the show. They're, they're very polite. You wouldn't think so. Yeah. Pestilence is, you know, yeah. he's a little brusque. I'm not going to, you know, but. Two milestones this time, Tom. It's our 10th show, which for some reason human beings like the number 10. So it's our 10th show. But also, we reached this last week. We reached ten thousand downloads on uh, out of all the podcasts that we've done. We've reached ten thousand downloads, which is a, a big milestone for us, and we're happy and 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 uh, and we we hope that people continue to spread the word and and download the yeah, podcast. Absolutely. I mean, I, I really appreciate some of you who've downloaded it six and seven thousand times. To you, <laughs> I mean, really, that's just. Yeah. I, that's just, yeah, yeah. I've got a whole exactly. bank of computers, actually. I, right. <laughs> to the three actual listeners, thank you for your contributions. I'm like a fucking Russian spam bot, just like downloading my own podcast. <laughs> uh, but we got a great show for you today. A lot of uh, unsettling stories that'll make your blood boil. So we'll just go ahead and launch right into them. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, we speak that. Uh, 
Um, I think the first thing we want to talk about is a subject that we uh, discussed briefly on our last show, and that's the subject of Christian dominionism. Um, I know we touched on it briefly when we were talking about Rick Perry. Um, maybe not that briefly, but... Um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't that brief. It, it yeah. does bear uh, repeating here, because there was an episode on NPR. Terry Gross uh, has a show. I'm sure everybody's heard it. Uh, Fresh Air. She gets basically fucking everybody at some point is on Fresh Air. I'm convinced of this now. Right. Um, and she does awesome interviews with them. She's just a tremendously talented woman. She had an interview with a woman who uh, had written a book about Christian dominionism. Christian dominionism is, I think, Cecil, one of the most unsettling uh, concepts to come out of this crackpot religion that I've ever heard of. It's a really fucking terrifying thing. Now, this was – I was tipped off to this by James. James had sent uh, the the cognitive dissonance in a private email and said, guys, just so you know, this is happening on Terry Gross today. I listened to it. He's like, trust me, it's, it's fucking scary. I went and listened and I, he's right. It was really fucking scary. There's just uh, – I mean – there's a multitude of things, Tom, that I think we need to touch on when we go through uh, discussing what's happening here. And you would do yourself a favor to listen to this. It's only 39 minutes long, right? So it's not a, a big chunk of your time. But if you could just listen, you know, I would suggest anybody who's interested in this, go ahead and listen to this fresh air, this interview. Uh, there's a lot of talking uh, where she repeats herself a lot. But I think that the reason why she's repeating herself is because this shit is really important. And it's 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 a it's a scary concept that, um, you know, a lot of in, in, in most ways, Tom, does not make any sense at all. Does it make sense in any way? I can't. I cannot think of of any way right off the top of my head that it makes any sense. The the specifics I'm thinking of are at the end when she's talking about that harlot. Like because last time we were fucking on that Fire Goddess episode, we were fucking around talking about Oprah being a harlot, right? And you and I, Tom, we didn't know what that no. meant. I like before I listened to this, I had no idea what that meant. I thought, "Oh, she's a harlot." And well, a harlot to me means, you know, something I think completely different than what it means to these people. And what it means to these people is in the end times, okay? They actually think that there's a thing called the end times. That's I number know. 1. I That's know, number 1 right? you have to wrap your That's... fucking head around is that they think there's an end times. And during that end times, there is going to be a harlot of Babylon. And what that harlot of Babylon is going to do is she's going to preach tolerance and bringing all cultures and religions together to say, hey, we all kind of believe the same thing, so let's all be friends. <laughs> and that's a precursor to the antichrist religion that's going to come. And if you don't believe in the antichrist religion after this wonderful period of like seven years of like blissful, everybody's happy, everybody's getting along, there's going to be this point in time where that goes away and the antichrist religion steps in and says, hey, you have to believe this or we'll kill you. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, when has that ever happened in human history ever? Where you've given people these rights, these, you know, you've let people sort of have these rights and then you're like, no, that's like going to the, to the, uh, uh, to the African-Americans now and being like, you know what? We're going to go back to segregation. Right. How well will that fucking fly? You know what I mean? Be like, hey, well, that's going to be, that's fine. We're just going to go right back into segregation. No worries. Who's going to agree to that? Imagine a religion that actually suggests to you, you know what's scary, guys? This, You know what's really scary is this woman's going to preach tolerance. Tolerance. Yeah. 
hands. Yeah. When the boogeyman <laughs> of tolerance is leering his ugly head, like, ooh, yeah. and then everyone will get along, and they will shaketh their hands, and they will welcome it <laughs> themselves to dinner in other homes, and they will commune happily, and hugs will be given. Like, really? I, yeah. I'm, whoa. <laughs> I'm so afraid That's of your that. boogeyman? Like that's like right. the, that's your end times prophecy nonsense is man I can't wait till that harlot rises up and brings people together for lunch. <laughs> they had a sandwich. It was fine. There was provolone. It's smoky. It's good. Like what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense, man. Oh it's a, man. You know this this dominionism they talk about um, the mountains, right? So the mountains yeah. are like this important thing. There's there's the seven mountains of culture, and uh, I I can't help but be reminded of Trivial Pursuit. Like I think they I, got confused. They're like arts and entertainment, and I'm like, that's a pink pie piece. That's the pink pie piece. Fucking play the genus edition. I like Trivial. You know, like let's do this. I will fucking tear you up. Oh, man. I thought the fucking exact same. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to go through the seven mountains. So they've got these seven mountains of... Uh, of <laughs> it's so seven stupid. mountains. Right. The, the seven mountains of culture, uh, they have to save them from demonic influence. And the mountains are arts and entertainment, <laughs> business, family, government, media, Religion and education. I'll take media for 1,000, Alex. Right. No kidding. It's like, oh, good. It's a pie piece. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. <laughs> so stupid. And they, they really believe, though, that, that, uh, that there's real demons, like actual fucking demons. You know, Tom, here's the thing I that can't. fucking lit me up when I was listening to this. They cannot she, – she says that one of these pastors is traveling around talking to parishioners and other – specifically in black congregations and saying that the Democratic Party is controlled by demons. And what is that saying? There's a couple things that it's, that it's doing. They cannot argue with the Democratic Party anymore on actual valid issues, right? You can't come out and, and argue with them. In a, in a logical way, now all you're doing is resorting to ad hominem, right? You're going to these places and saying, well, you can't believe anything the Democrats say because they're demons. That's fucking that's – a, that's repulsive, number one. And then number two, fucking rip that fucking tax-exempt status right off of them. Right. You're not paying taxes, but you, you're advocating fucking demon fighting? Yeah. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like a fucking show on WGN? Are you fucking kidding me? That shit, listen to me, listen to me for a fucking minute. Demons are made up. Th this shit is so fucking silly. I know, God. My kid doesn't believe in ghosts, right? Like, we watch Scooby-Doo a lot. It's his favorite show. At the end of the show, like, he's four, so sometimes he'll get, like, a little scared. I'm like, buddy, it's always people in masks. And then they pull the mask off at the end of the show. And it's like, he's like, oh, it's just somebody in a mask. So, like, he'll get sometimes a little scared tonight. And he'll be like, is there a ghost? And I'll be like, but it wouldn't be a ghost, would it? Be like, it's just somebody in a mask. He's fucking four. And he can reason this shit out. Right, right. Right? This is, you, you've got to be kidding me. Demons? Yeah. Real honest to God demons? The, there was part of this 
uh, Fresh Air show where they were talking about a group of people going to, like, every Freemason's Lodge across the country and, like, putting a fucking flag or a cross. A stake, I, a stake, a stake with a, a verse st- from Jeremiah. You know, it's like, who cares? Really? And they, like, do their incantation or, what you know, pray or whatever it is and, like, dance around the Maypole in front of the fucking Freemason Lodge. I can't even imagine sitting in that lodge and watching a bunch of these fucking insane asylum escapees. <laughs> in their straitjackets bouncing into one another. <laughs> Pounding a stake like, what are you guys doing? Be gone, devil! <laughs> Like, I'm going to Quiznos. Are you fucking kidding me? Be gone. I'm just getting lunch. You guys are fucking insane. Demons. Yeah. Like, this is like this is like a religion called from a cheap Dean Koontz horror novel yep. and trivial pursuit. Yep. What are they doing? They're, they're, they're feeding on the fears of people. You know what I mean? They want to scare people and they want to convince people that there's some sort of, you know, battle of good versus evil in the world or whatever, you know. And I look, I can understand that, right? I can understand people thinking, you know, I mean, we've had this conversation, Tom, you and I so many times about how, you know, when you get to be a grown up. You know, the world is kind of fucking boring and there's no, you know, great fucking conquest. There's no you're not going to be a fucking yeah, astronaut. Right. You're not going to be a fucking the president of the United States. You're going to be Joe and you're going to be a fucking service tech and you're going to just, you know, you're going to live out your life and you're not going to be anybody super important. And it's kind of it's kind of depressing once you get past a certain point in your life and you realize, well, fuck, I'm not going to be anybody really majorly important. But this idea of good versus evil, there's this big group of, you know, demons on one side and I'm going to be on the other and I'm going to be fighting. There's a, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that can get behind this. And I know this because World of Warcraft has like 300 million subscribers. Well, I was just going to okay. say that. It's, so, <laughs> this is fucking live action role play, is. the religious version. It is. It totally is. When, you know, after you're done, you can go to the International House of Prayer or IHOP, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> and have your Rudy Tootie Fresh and Christy. You know, it's, it's, it's a very delicious little wafer filled with, you know. So fucking funny. I was thinking that. <laughs> when they're talking to this fresh air, she's talking about the International House of Prayer. Every time I'm like, that sounds so Pancakes. good. Pancakes. I'll take the boysenberry syrup on my communion wafer. You got to stack those communion wafers high. But every every Tuesday, it's all the you-can-eat communion wafers. So they just keep bringing them. I want to read. I want to read. I want to read directly from the article really quickly. Um. This is the article that we're linking to, which also has the audio. So if you want to hear the audio, uh, it's at the top of this article. But uh, I want to read directly. It says, and she's talking about this apostolic movement. Their issues are anti-abortion, anti-gay rights, but they also have the belief that government should not be involved in social safety nets, that the country is becoming socialist, if not communist. All of what we've come to call Tea Party issues of very small government. In the case of the apostles, they believe this because they believe that a large government that handles the safety net is taking away what is the domain of the church and of Christianity. Now, I want to just say this directly to anybody who thinks this, okay? If you think this is a this is a real thing, that you should abolish all social safety nets, and the reason why is because it's the church's job to take care of people— The church can fucking end poverty right fucking now if they want to. They can do it right now. 
They don't have to wait until you abolish the social safety net to abolish poverty. They can do it right, right fucking now. So don't fucking talk a good game about once it's gone, the church will fucking sweep right in there and take care of everybody. They can take care of everybody right fucking now. If if that's your role as a church and you're just upset somebody else is doing your work, do the work faster and better. Do it better right I now. I guarantee that if there was no fucking poverty left, the government would be very happy to be like, great. That's a load off my mind, man. I didn't want to do that right. anyway. Right. But you're not doing it. You're not at all doing it, you know, because it's too big of a problem for any one group to handle. And you're not doing it. You know, I mean, yeah, Vatican could, you know, sell all of its fucking unbelievable wealth, give it to fucking programs to actually help people. Or these people that make a a shit ton of money off tithing, these these evangelicals who fucking drive around in Mercedes and shit, fucking give up some of your money. But the fact is you want to abolish this shit. Well, specifically because of taxes, because you want to make sure that you don't pay as much taxes. It's crazy, man. But it's crazy. But, you know, this is coming from I'm going to read something else from the uh, from the same article. They quite literally teach that these mountains have fallen under the control of demonic influences in society. And therefore, they must reclaim them for God in order to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. The apostles teach what's called strategic level spiritual warfare. You can't say that without chuckling. I can't because it's yeah. so fuck. Like I, I imagine like a missile silo opening up, <laughs> and there's like a big cross shaped ICBM. You know, like before it blows up, like it plants itself and is like, oh, and then everybody's fucking annihilated. Um, <laughs> because they believe. That the reason why there is sin and corruption and poverty on earth is because the earth is controlled by a hierarchy of demons under the authority of Satan. So they teach not just evangelizing souls one by one, as we're accustomed to hearing about. They teach that they will go into a geographic region or a people group and conduct spiritual warfare activities in order to remove the demons from the entire population. This is what they're doing that's quite fundamentally different than other evangelical groups. They're fucking nuts. And not just that. Like, why is this different from – and this is this is where I get a perspective. Like, my wife is a universalist, what they call a universalist, <clears throat> which is uh, – she doesn't believe in hell, right? So she believes in – she believes in, in, uh, in a god. Uh, she's She's, I guess, a Christian, but at the same time, she's not – She's not somebody who thinks that people go to hell after they die. The thing is, is she was talking yesterday and she said, what, these people are more afraid of the devil than they, than they, than they are, uh, than they respect sort of God's love. And this is really a fundamental shift, right? Because what, what is the, you know, the tenets of Christianity are like, God loves you. Well, in this, it's like Satan fucking hates you and God can't protect you. Right. Like that's right. like it's like a flipping it completely on its head. And it's using these terrifying techniques to scare people into believing and to scare people into doing things. And that's it's the worst way in which to coerce people. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. I didn't think about it this way, but it is this is big time LARPing, man. Like I, I have to believe that. Like you, they, they want something to do with their fucking life. Right. That feels bigger. Right. You know, and being Joe the plumber and being, you know, Tom the title insurance guy doesn't cut it. It just doesn't cut it. And I get it because it doesn't fucking cut it. Yeah. But this isn't real. And and they're cause. I mean, can you imagine if one of these people 
gained real political power. And I mean, governor of Texas is bad enough. Right. That's a big state. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Real big state. Yeah. Governor. Texas. Yeah, he's fucking super scary. Scary as fuck, man. It's like and this this is a guy who's going to be one of the front runners for the presidential nomination because he's, you know, southern boy from Texas. I'm going to come on up and follow in G-Dub's footsteps and you're like, "Well, there goes the fucking nation." This this sort of thing, once you once you subscribe to a worldview so unbelievably skewed as this, where like you said, where your focus isn't on, you know, if you're a religious guy, I've I've got to think I've got to think that if you're religious and you've got any sense at all and you look around at the world and you look at all the things that exist in the world and you think that you can attribute all of that, all of the whole of human and animal and, and, and plant and all history, all time, and you can attribute all of that to one being and, and, and to focus not on that that guy, but to focus on like... His evil nemesis? Yeah. Real, I mean, you're, you're fucking doing it wrong. And then plus the idea that, that you would at work to bring about the end times. I know, man. That's I the scariest part. How does that make any sense? So, so God says, your God says, okay, so this is what's going to happen. These various things are going to occur, and then it's the end times. And you're like trying to cheat the system by making it happen faster? Yeah. I don't think... I don't think that's what's intended by prophecy. Well, I don't, I, I, you know, that's, it's like if a psychic said like, well, you will get hit by a car and you're like, well, I'm going to fucking stand in the street then. Yeah. That's not, that is fucking retarded. Yeah. And then that's, uh, and ridiculous. it's self-fulfilling, right? Because they get into this position of high power and then shit, well, there's something going on in the Middle East. Well, let's invade. Hey, let's drop a bomb. Hey, let's start this fucking end times. Let's get this fucking thing rolling. Why would you want the end times to show up? Just from a selfish perspective, it's, first of all, it's going to happen anyway, according to your religion. Right. So, and it's going to happen when when your God decides, yeah. not when you decide. Right. So presumably you don't really have any real control over it. So, and it's going to suck super bad. <laughs> That's the end times, yeah. right? Why wouldn't you just say like, well, when that happens, that happens, and I know I'm good, but... I don't have any feeling like I want it to happen because, you know, maybe I've met some people that have been nice folks and, and maybe they wouldn't get fucking blondied or raptured or whatever up, you know, like it's just silly. It's just silly and selfish and mean. Yeah. It's so mean. It's so cynical and mean. I <laughs> just I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. I can't live here if they get in charge. I know, I man. It's time to go. It. It's time to go. Wakefield is not just any researcher. His 1998 study on autism and childhood vaccines literally changed the way many parents think about vaccines. The study was based on just 12 children. That's right, 12 children. But many parents desperate for answers around the world embraced Wakefield's claim that he'd found a link between autism and the vaccine for measles, mumps, and rubella. Celebrity Jenny McCarthy, for instance, a vocal autism activist whose son was diagnosed with the disorder, has helped spread the message using Wakefield's research as ammunition. Without a doubt in my mind, I believe vac vaccinations triggered Evan's autism. You know, um, environmental toxins play a role. Viruses play a role. Those are all triggers. But vaccines play the largest role right now. So this is a uh, story that 
popped up. One of our uh, listeners suggested this on our wall on our Facebook page. It's another great way to reach us. Um, vaccines cleared again as autism culprit. This isn't a big surprise. Vaccines have been cleared every time they've been studied. The only study that ever linked autism to the vaccines, the MMR vaccine, was a discredited fraudulent study that's since been pulled from the Lancet and declared not only a bad study, but fraud, right. out and out fraud. So once again, another panel of scientists found no evidence that autism and vaccines share any link at all. What's amazing to me about this, Cecil, is that people continue to deny the evidence. Of course they do. Well, <laughs> you know, the thing, the, thing that, the thing that should point them in the right direction here, and specifically I really respect this article because of this. Um, third paragraph into this article, I'm going to read directly. It says, the panel did conclude, however, that there are risks to getting the chickenpox vaccine that can arise years after vaccination. People who have had the vaccine can develop pneumonia, meningitis, or hepatitis years later if the virus used in the vaccine reawakens because of unrelated health problem, uh, because of an unrelated health problem like cancer has compromised their immune systems. So they're they're saying right in the article that vaccines are safe; they're not a problem with autism. However. The chickenpox vaccine can have some problems. And here's some of the problems. Allow me to list them for you. Right. Why, if vaccines were removed from the autism debate, why would they even mention something like that if they were trying to hide something? Why would that even be in the article if you were trying to hide that all vaccines are safe all the time, period? Well, y y let's, let's look at it from another angle as well. If you were the scientist or group of scientists that came up with the hard irrefutable evidence that there was a link between autism and vaccines, you would be immediately swarmed with, with grant money. You'd be famous. I mean, right. there's a lot of incentive to come up with this data. Right. There's a tremendous incentive to come up with this data. But nobody comes up with any real data linking autism and vaccines because there's no fucking link. Right. The motive to find the link is powerful. It is also never going to be found because study after study after study continues to find no link. This is becoming one of the most well-studied uh, uh, potential causes for autism. And the, the problem is that that's money now that's not going toward real autism research. Yeah. So every time you waste... You know, hundreds or tens or millions of dollars, however much money you're spending on these things to prove something that's been fucking definitively proven that, that there's still kids that have fucking autism and we're not getting any closer to finding out what's causing it or how to treat it because that same money that could have gone toward real genuine research, real autism research is funding panels to look in. Is there any connection between this fucking thing? We know there's no goddamn connection right. to right. No. Oh, still? Really? Fucking wow. There's a shock. Move on to something, the next random thing. Like, do clowns cause autism? Like, right. <laughs> it's just, they're just picking something out of, uh, at random. I want to refer back to an email we got, Tom, a, a, a letter we got from somebody by the name of Carrie. And this was, um, geez, about maybe two weeks ago we got an email. And we talked about it on one of our shows. 
And uh, and in the email, she says she talks about vaccines and she says one of your recurring themes is the idiocy of people who do not get their kids immunized. You are right on this, but probably the group most hurt or endangered by these uh, by these idiots are the thousands of people who cannot get immunized for medical reasons. And these are people with compromised immune systems. These folks cannot handle immunizations and are particularly susceptible to communicable diseases like measles. They are also people who are allergic to the ingredients in the shots. All these folks rely on herd immunity. So what she's saying is that all the people that can't, like with a legitimate reason, they can't get the vaccines because they're, they're just not healthy enough. Their body is not healthy enough to take this vaccine and do what it's supposed to do with it. It... They can't get the vaccine. They rely on everybody else who should get the vaccine to get the fucking vaccine. And when yep. they don't get the vaccine and they're healthy enough and they're, you know, they're sitting there, they're like, well, my kid's healthy enough. He'll survive the measles. Well, maybe my kid won't. How fucking selfish is that, that somebody's going to go out and, and, and make sure that their healthy kid's going to be fine, but it kills off, you know, a sickly kid? What's that about? Sure, or or the elderly, right? Or you know, even even if you give, you know, even if you start passing chickenpox around, people talk about chickenpox like it's no big deal. Well, you know, I had chickenpox and I'm still scarred from chickenpox. I had chickenpox very badly. My body is scarred from it. I still have multiple scars all over my chest and back from chickenpox. They've faded for the most part, but they've fucking like thirty scars from chickenpox. Right. I had a woman in my office who got shingles. She was hospitalized for four fucking days. Yeah. Four days in a lot of pain. She was in a tremendous amount of pain. It's not it's not this sort of inconsequential, like, oh, well, it's just chicken pox, tee hee hee. Yeah. I understand where that comes from. Like, well, everybody had chicken pox, and all the people I knew that had chicken pox were just fine. Well, that's great. But not everybody that has chicken pox is just fine. Thanks for your anecdotal evidence, but I don't give a fuck about that. Right. Exactly. It's like, well, you know, everyone I knew that had pertussis is fine. Well, that's great. But fucking not everybody recovers properly. And this, you know, I hear this all the time when people talk about uh, the diseases that are being vaccinated against. So like, well, there's, you know, been only so many fatalities. I'm like, well, great. Fatalities aren't the only consequence to disease. Right. And to pretend that it is, is to is to have a willful fucking ignorance of that disease. You know, I, I think as a parent... When your kid is sick, it's kind of awful. Like when your kid is sick, you're like, oh, it's really, it's like I feel terrible for the kid. And, you know, he doesn't, it's, it's hard on the family to, to have a kid that's sick. And the, and the sicker the kid, the worse that is. So even if your kid develops something that's not life-threatening, but that could be maybe crippling. Yeah. Or potentially cause blindness. Or scar the kid's body. Right. Or damage their lungs. Right. All of which are real consequences, legitimate consequences to the diseases that we uh, routinely immunize against. I, I can't tell you how terrified I would be as a parent and how terrified my kid would be if they were facing blindness. Right. Or lung scarring. Or damage. Right. You know, those are things I'll fucking avoid, thank you. Well, it, and it's all it is is anecdotal, Tom. That's why these, you know, you sit and talk, you hear Jenny McCarthy talk. You hear these parents that talk, and when they talk on TV about this stuff, and th what they'll say, one, one of the most recurring themes is they'll say, well, you, you know, I just know my child, and I know when he got that that shot, he he changed. You know, I just know my child. And you're like, well, that's that's not objective data. That is not objective data at all, lady. That's you.
okay? That's you and a guess. And that's all that is. That's not anything that has to do with science, period. And so you should never pretend that your voice is of scientific reason. You should never, you should just be saying, in my opinion, my kid got autism by a vaccine shot. That's great. Who cares? Some people have an opinion that they're fucking, you know, they have to wear tinfoil on their head so the aliens don't read their thoughts too, okay? Right. I believe those people as much as I believe you. So this this is fast becoming, Cecil, one of my new favorite segments for the show. This is the Conservapedia uh, segment, and I, I fucking love Conservapedia right now. Conservapedia might be the most unintentionally hilarious thing that I've looked at in a long time. This is uh, Conservapedia's entry for deliberate ignorance. <laughs> I love that it self-demonstrates. <laughs> I think it's so clever. Oh. It's just really it's just like sitting there and you're like, how should I? Aha. Like you can hear the light bulb <laughs> like in the fucking cartoons. <laughs> There's this. Also, I want on an unrelated note, light bulbs that all go ting when they light up. But <laughs> the, <laughs> deliberate ignorance um, is the practice of refusing to consider or discuss logic or evidence disproving ideologically motivated positions. A related concept is the fallacy of invisible ignorance. Examples of deliberate ignorance include. Now, these are Unbelievable, And there's several. There's many of them, so we're not going to read them all. But I'm going to pick two of them that are my favorite, Cecil. Okay, and I'll pick two as well. So this is an example of uh, deliberate ignorance. Liberals who refuse to acknowledge the many fundamental truths in the Bible and even dismiss out of hand the many examples of biblical scientific foreknowledge. (laughs) but refuse to read the Bible. <laughs> I know a lot of fucking atheists that have read more of the Bible than a lot of people that are call themselves Christian. Right. I started reading it last week. I figured for this show, I may as well give it hell. So I just downloaded it onto my Kindle. It's fucking free, by the way. <laughs> uh, I want to read one, Tom. Uh, Liberal cafeteria Christians, I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Refuse to consider Bible verses that contradict their perceived notions of what the Bible should say. And what you want to ask that person who says that to you is be like, so when was your last shrimp cocktail? When did you enjoy your right. last <laughs> shrimp cocktail? What, where's your tattoo on you? Which, you know, yeah, is I, also forbidden in Leviticus, you know? I notice you're wearing a uh, cotton blend today. <laughs> I see that in your garden you have planted both tomatoes and <laughs> celery near each other. <laughs> now, if you'd kindly stand to the left, I'm going to stone your children for disobedience now. And then I'm going to feed the parts to bears. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where's your ram? We've got to sacrifice a ram. <laughs> it's like 3.30. Isn't that oh, like ram sacrifice I love time? it. I love it. Oh, this it's- page is fucking awesome. Do you have another one? Yeah, evolutionists refuse to address the lack of plausible evolutionary <laughs> path for the whale and the other counterexamples to evolution. Oh, man. 
Oh, God. And the best part is, like, this is one of those sites that, that you can just go fucking link crazy. Oh, I know. Because, <laughs> like, everything's blue. It's awesome. My, everything. My second favorite is liberals refuse to address how socialism destroys productivity. <laughs> I love that because if anybody ever does this to you, if anybody ever comes up and says anything is socialist, just ask them to define what socialism is for you. And you'll find a multitude of things that do not resemble socialism at all. Well, the problem is that they got their definition from fucking conservapedia. <laughs> it's almost certainly the problem. You know, there's this there's this uh, notion on the web where they call it trolls trolling trolls. That's what they call it. <laughs> and I, I can't help but imagine that behind conservapedia is a group like The Onion that just sit down and be like, OK, what can we fucking write up next? You know, like, right. what is it that we control the population with to make them think that this is actually a conservative ideal, but it's really liberals pretending to be ultra crazy conservatives. That's what I think conservapedia really is. It's like all written by Colbert, yeah. right? Like the whole <laughs> it's thing. Awesome, he's, man. he's just sitting there laughing his ass yeah. off, adjusting his glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is great for my show. We also believe, unlike Warren Buffett, the taxes are high enough already. Now, the president's friend, Warren Buffett, just came out and said, all the billionaires should be paying more money. I have a suggestion. Mr. Buffett, write a big check today. There's nothing you have to wait for. As a matter of fact, the president has redefined millionaires and billionaires as any company that makes over $200,000 a year. That's his definition of a millionaire billionaire. So perhaps Mr. Buffett would like to give away his entire fortune above $200,000. That's what you want to do? Have at it. Give it to the federal government. But don't ask the rest of us to have our taxes increased because you want to have a soundbite. We want to have real job creation in this country, and that's what we'll stand for as fiscal conservatives. Well, we've got to talk a little bit now about the Tea Party. Um, this article comes from Salon. Um, it discusses how the uh, Republican Party and the Tea Party obviously is, is the uh, fake gra grassroots wing of the Tea Party. And there's an interesting article about uh, how they're opposing the extension of a payroll tax cut. It's a payroll tax cut's going to expire January 1st. Um, payroll tax cut uh, gives some amount of tax relief to people who will actually spend the fucking money right. into the economy that they were relieved of the burden of having to pay into the system. Um, obviously, the GOP and the Tea Party, they're uh, pretty anti-taxes. So it's Sort of shocking that they would oppose the extension of a payroll tax cut. Uh, tax cuts are your thing. Taxed enough already, party. That's your game. That's that's what you fucking hang your hat on every day. When you get home, drop the keys in the basket, you got a little tax cut thing, boom, hat goes off, hangs right on there. It's just, the, the, the truth comes out when they start opposing nonsense like this, that what they really want to do is they want to redistribute wealth upward. That's exactly it. Oh, my gosh, is that exactly it. You know, the thing about this that, I, that you just want to ask somebody, when, especially when, you know, because there's a lot of people in this country. There's a lot of people who will say that they're conservatives. I'm a conservative. Well, why are you conservative? Well, I believe in conservative social politics, they'll say, and I also believe in conservative fiscal politics, 
you have to ask those people now when they when you come to them because what the conservative fiscal politics should mean is no ta- no more new taxes. Two new taxes just don't ex- don't don't tax anybody. I get a tax cut, the rich get a tax cut. Doesn't matter who it is, we all get a tax cut and we cut down all the social programs. That's a valid way to look at the world. I think it's incorrect. I think it's it's doing th- some things wrong specifically for the economy. You're not willing to cut the things that will really make a difference. All you're willing to cut is superficial stuff. But we've talked about all that in the past. But what you want to ask those people now is, well, where do you stand now? Because right. your your party is telling you, yeah, you know, that's cool. The people that are really rich that voted for us, they they get, you know, they get tax cuts and they keep their tax cuts. But you people, you know, the multitude of people, the more people, the majority of people that voted for us, you guys don't get to keep your tax cuts because we don't we want to make sure that the payroll taxes increase. And that is, I think, the biggest, you know, slap in the face that you can do to your constituents. You could say, you know, we stand for this and then come right out and say, no, we don't stand for this. I mean, Obama has been doing this to us. For for a while, right. you know, it's like, well, how does that feel? Because you know, I think, uh, you know, to be intellectually honest, you got to be bashing Obama a little bit at this point, being like, well, fuck, dude, you've been bending over for a lot of stuff. Where are you guys now? Are you going to be intellectually honest now and say, okay, fuck them, fuck them for doing that? How dare you do that to us? We were the ones who put you in office. And another thing that this proves, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stop after this, but one of the things that this proves is that money, the money, the big fucking money that you can pay to get your lobbyists onto Wall Street, that makes the fucking change. Doesn't matter who gets voted in, Tom. It doesn't matter which fucking yep. guy it is, fucking Democrat, Republican. You pick the fucking guy. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to get to them with my money, and I'm going to make sure they vote how I want once they're in. You fucking populist, vote in whoever you want. You want a Democrat, you want a Republican. It doesn't fucking matter because I'm going to control them because I got the fucking money. Yeah, all day long, as long as you've got a system that's set up the way that our system is set up, it's, it's nearly unavoidable. That that's going to occur. I, I I hate to say this. The cynical part of me, um, which is really like like from the jaw down. Most of it. Like it's the most of it, it, really. It's the most yeah. of it. Says that the, the reason that they're going to oppose this is because um, Americans are stupid and they're going to see their taxes go up January 1st and they're going to blame Obama. Yep. And so the game politically is you—, you you let the payroll tax expire on Obama's watch because he doesn't have the fucking nuts to protect it. I believe this. And you, everybody, you know, you open up your fucking paycheck and it's gone up. What the fuck? God damn it. You know, and now you're now a goddamn motherfucker raised my fucking taxes. Boom. Nope. It's a magic bullet, yep. man. Nobody's going to remember so, when it comes election time. And they're going to be playing those commercials that will couch their language very, very carefully and say, on Obama's watch, he raised taxes by 7%. Right. Who do you want Obama, in there now? Yeah. Yep. 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 Obama allowed the payroll tax increase January 1st. And, you know, they'll show like some family like with a pile of bills. Yeah. And it's like, there's got to be a better way. You <laughs> it's know? like a <laughs> fucking Somali pirate like invading their home. <laughs> Yar, I've come for your taxes. <laughs> the Obama let the Somali pirates onto our shore. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You know, talking about redistributing wealth, um, 
I, I think that this is a redistribution of wealth upward. I really yeah. do. Um, it, 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 there's no other way to there's no other way to take money away from the middle class, which is the voting block. Right. Right. That's right. the thing. Is how do you vote? Like I'm I'm really pro my detriment. I'm pro. Yeah. Yeah. I want to vote against me. That's what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a great article on Alternet, um, which was uh, the title of it is The Founding Fathers Believed in Redistributing Wealth. Why do Tea Party heroes like Perry and Bachman vilify it? Um, you know, and, and the whole idea is that the redistribution of wealth is it, it defines how a functioning modern state works, that we we take money from the everyone and we move that money around in order to accomplish national goals. And that is necessarily a redistribution right. of wealth. Right. Um, every time we defend our borders, every time we pay uh, to have, you know, streets paved or, you know, whatever the tax money goes to, to fund public schools, that's that's a redistribution of wealth. If, if you were not redistributing wealth, then there would be no need for any taxation system and there would be no need for government to work. Right. Government can't... You can't have a functioning government if you don't take some money from some people and give it to some other people. I, I agree, and I think that this article hammers – there's an article on Alternet um, that really just hammers this this point home. And and you know what they're saying? I want to read directly from the article, and this is exactly what you said earlier, right, the redistribution of wealth. The common response to this kind of blather is to point out the t- – point out that conservatives like Bachman are absolutely in love with policies that redistribute wealth as long as they shift it from the working people upward to the investor class. And that's so true. You know, you want to ask Bachman who's who got government funding for their, you know, for their church or whatever, for that, you know, fucking pray the gay away stuff that they were doing. Like you want to ask yeah. them, be like, well, why are you taking money from the government? Like, aren't you a person who opposes government help with anything? Like, shouldn't you be a person who, you know, at least tries to live by the standards that you're trying to set for everybody else? Like, what? why are you special? And the reason is, is because she's a fucking hypocrite. That's why she's special. And she can get away with fucking blatantly lying to people about her positions because I, because I don't know how, but she does. She's an obviously fucking unhinged, crazy person. If you look her in the eyes, you think there's something going on in there that is not right. There is something in those eyes that makes you think there is there is like a, there's a snap, a, a disconnect with reality that other people do not have. She has. And you look at her and you cannot – I don't know who can look at her and think that she has some sort of balanced way at looking at the world. You look at her and you're like, well, you're fucking obviously crazy. But <laughs> it doesn't matter to these people. These people want her in there. Yeah, if the eyes are the windows to the soul, when you look outside, there's a fucking hurricane of crazy. That's all. It's just like, whoa, whoa. Eye of the storm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, they, but but it's it's not honest. No, you know it's not honest, and we know it's not honest. And you know the problem is that um, it sounds so good, right? You know they want to read, they want to take your money and I give know, it to other God. people. Well, fuck that! I want to keep my money. Well, listen, stupid, you're probably one of the people that they want to give the money to, right? Like, yeah, it's first of all they don't want to take your money. You don't have any fucking money. You're like the most of America. The most of America doesn't fucking have any money. The most of America has been suffering through a fucking recession for five, six years. So if you're like most of America, you're not the one who's going to have, you know, under a lot of uh, tax redistribution, you know, whatever you want to call it, 
um, plans, the idea is to tax people who are quite wealthy a little more. So the people who are not as wealthy do a little better. Because people who are very wealthy won't fucking notice. At all. It's like they're going to wake up and be like, oh, God, I just, I wish I could put, turn on the sun, but I'm worried about the electric bill. Fuck. I don't know what to do. I've got only three indoor swimming pools and I can't heat them all. What am I supposed to, I've got options, choices, damn it. You know, that's yeah. not the case. Yeah. Well, it, and, and this brings to mind that quote. There's a quote by Steinbeck, which I really love. He says, socialism never took root in America because the poor see themselves not as exploited proletariat, but as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. And I think that that really sort of says a lot about our country in one sentence, that all these people like that would benefit from these programs that would benefit from this sort of thing. They're willing to say, no, I don't want it because they their hope is that one day they won't have to pay into it. But it's like the thing is, is like chances of you, you know, actually pulling yourself up by said bootstraps are very, very fucking slim. So you should what you should do is just be like ex- ex- realize that you are exploited proletariat. And that's I mean, Jesus, look at the way this is this is going with the payroll tax increase and the way in which they want to redistribute wealth upwards. You are fucking exploited proletariat. That's just the fucking facts right there. Lord, the day is at hand. We are in the last days. You are Jehovah God. Talking a little bit about the hurricane of crazy that is Michelle Bachman. <laughs> um, she takes issue with what she calls radical environmentalists, um, which probably means anybody who goes outside <laughs> more than three or four. I mean, I don't even know how this person would even define a radical environmentalist. Probably somebody who believes that we have an environment. <laughs> I don't... Do you have any idea? Uh, well, okay, I don't know what she's saying, but I want to read two pieces of this article really quickly. This is from Huffington Post, and she says, The radical environmentalists, there she uses it again, have demanded that we lock up all our energy resources. And I guess what that means is radical environmentalists are people who think that maybe we shouldn't be drilling offshore because of, you know, I don't know, the Gulf spill. You know, just, you know, little things like that. She added, President Bachman would take the key out of, out of the door and unlock it. And Bachman got a similar reception when she promised to eliminate the job-killing, and that's in quotes, Environmental Protection Agency, saying that she would close the agency down in a single trip. We would turn out the lights and we'd lock the doors, she said. Let me just tell you, the Environmental Protection Agency is a pretty important organization because without it there would be no regulation on the fucking environment so if you want all your rivers to turn into fucking sludge if you want to fucking pollute every fucking bit of air we have in the United States if you want to fucking just rip all the regulations from people dumping shit you know let's go back to fucking 18 fucking 60s factory life then if we get rid of the fucking (laughs) environmental protection agency right let's just roll it all back just roll it all first as soon as that happens, I'm riding a horse to work. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just throwing yeah, that absolutely. out. I'm riding a horse to work. I'm putting my kid to work in a fucking factory immediately. Yeah, sure. Fucking immediately. And it's going to be the sootiest factory I can soot, find. It could be a soot factory. Just a straight up I, like, they soot just factory. just have a factory that produces yes. soot. And there will like, be just several. Just for the sheer. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to dump all of my garbage in the prettiest rivers yeah, and lakes absolutely. I can find. I'm going to, and I don't care how far I have to drive because I don't right. care how far I have to drive. <laughs> I love it. Get rid of the Environmental Protection Agency. People take this woman seriously, Tom. 
People seriously look at this woman and say, oh, well, that's a good idea. We should get rid of the Environmental Protection Agency. They don't do anything for me. They're just sucking off the government teat. Man, they yeah, do. Just killing jobs. They do killing jobs. a lot of things for the United States. And then she also talks about how she'd remove like the minimum wage, or maybe she'd remove the minimum wage. But what it, what it, what she's really hinting at is saying she wants to get businesses to come back to the United States instead of building outside. Well, unless you fucking start paying workers in the United States fucking thirty five cents an hour, that ain't gonna happen. So yeah, you, you're gonna get rid of the minimum yeah. wage, really? So you can just pay people anything. Yeah. That's that's a great great idea. We'll just have sweatshops, dirty, filthy, fucking right. sweatshops. That's not. Who wants to live in that country? I don't, she does. Hey, I got a job, Paul. I'm making three dollars a week. Let me tell you. Get rid of the Environmental Protection Agency. Enjoy the end times. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. To me, it's pretty simple. A person either believes that God created this process or believes that it was an accident and that it just happened all on its own. Just mention something. I want everybody to go to our site and check out. Uh, there's a great video. I mean, this is, this is, I think, one of the coolest things I've seen on YouTube. Um, evolutionary scientist says, you know, I can, I can probably show you how evolution works. You know, he's not proving it, but he's showing the idea. He's demonstrating the concept of evolution with a single straight line. Um, it's really one of the most clever things that I've seen in a very long time um, in terms of like just trying to understand a concept and break something down and be like, OK, here's how this could potentially work. Here's an analogy that that really will help drive the point home. And I think it's totally worth everybody's time. It's five and a half minutes and uh, you should definitely check it out. It's 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 worth it all day. Um, people who should see this would include Ron Paul. <laughs> He definitely should see it. Also, Rick Perry should see it, I think. Um, yeah, Michelle Bachman yeah, should check it out. They should definitely take a look at it. Yeah. Um, you know, this this Rick Perry thing, one of the things that I want to mention with Rick Perry, Dawkins uh, recently on this uh, On Faith in the Washington Post fucking hammered, fucking jackhammered to the skull on fucking Governor Perry by by Richard Dawkins, who is a wickedly smart individual. Yes, I mean, just, is. you know, you read... My suggestion would be, you know, go take a look at this article. Just read the first paragraph. And it is the meanest thing I think I've ever read. I could not I, I could not get through it without chuckling. But uh, <laughs> but, you know, I want to read again. This is, you know, again, him sort of just attacking the way we do things in the United States. I just want to read a little tiny snippet. He says there is surely something wrong with a system for choosing a leader when given a pool of such a talent, such talent and a process that occupies more than a year and consumes billions of dollars, what rises to the top of the heap is George W. Bush, or when the likes of Rick Perry or Michelle Bachman or Sarah Palin can be even mentioned as even remote possibilities. That's fucking brilliant right there. So many other jobs. You know, think about any other really high status type job. Imagine, for example, um, this is a great example. Cecil, you work for a university. Imagine if you were at your university, if they were uh, looking for a new university president, that person would be credentialed in a way that is impressive to fucking everybody. Yep. You know, to, to get a university professor, um, and I, not even president, rather, not professor. I mean, we're talking about somebody who is truly an extraordinary individual in so many ways. Somebody who walks in with a CV that when you read it, 
you feel shrunken. Right, right, right. <laughs> by comparison. Why don't we demand the same thing from our president? It's crazy. I've been saying this for fucking like 12 years right. now. It's like what, the, the person we got to have in charge should should make us – should dwarf us intellectually. If they don't, we're doing it wrong. They should dwarf us with their humanitarian acts. They should dwarf us with their uh, proven ethics because let's not pretend these people don't exist. Right. They do. Right. They exist – they exist in mass, to be perfectly honest. There's 300 and whatever million people in this country. I mean, if, if your university where you work, Cecil, said, we are hiring for a new uh, uh, president of this university, can you imagine how many incredibly extraordinary individuals would apply for that position? And they only would be able to pick the one. Yeah, we don't bring that same level of scrutiny to the presidency. Right. And and do I think that somebody like George W. Bush would even have a fucking shot at that? And the answer is no. absolutely not. Not even a tiny bit would he have a shot at that. They wouldn't even look at him. They would they would gloss him over. And and yeah. this this brings up the the topic that I get into a lot with a lot of people. Um and I hear it all the time, right? What this article is, it's the, the basis of this article is that Rick Perry doesn't have any idea about evolution and an evolutionary biologist is fucking schooling him on evolution, okay? So that's the basis of this article. But what does this say? What is, you know, people always bring this up. They say, well, why ask a politician about evolution? What do you care whether a politician believes in evolution? What does it matter whether a politician as a, somebody who's going to be governing the state cares about evolution? I have Two quick points I just want to say. The reason why is because it's a litmus, litmus test for other things. It's one of those things that you you look at and say it's an indicator of their overall belief structure. And two of the things I want to say is if they don't believe in evolution, chances are they, they believe in an end times. They believe in that stuff that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. That means yeah. they don't have any foresight. They don't think about uh, resources, you know, as a dwindling thing. They just think as God provided resources. Let's fucking drill. They don't care about the impact of that at all because to them it doesn't matter. It doesn't the you know the way in which the world is created through you know billions of years and uh, you know natural selection and all the things that are in delicate balance in the world. They don't matter to these people. What matters is. You know, quick profits now because it doesn't matter because God wants us to do it. Okay, so that's number one. And number two, it allows these people to then look at things that are genetic and and say it's a choice, right? So if you say evolution didn't happen, now suddenly being gay is a choice. So those are two litmus tests I look at. So when Ron Paul comes out and says, evolution, uh, I'm fucking stupid. Uh, Okay, well, if you're going to be fucking stupid, then this is an indicator that you're fucking stupid. Exactly. Exactly. Evolution? That's – if you don't believe in that, it's not something to believe in. Believe is something you do when there's no evidence. Like – Evolution just is. And it's not up to you to believe it. It doesn't change the fact of right. it. Right? I mean, it's not like it's not like a god where if you don't believe in it, it just has no relevance anymore. Evolution continues to be relevant, demonstrable, provable, falsifiable. Those things don't give a shit about whether you believe in them or not. Right. People come out in public declaring their ignorance as a fucking stamp for the job. Sure. Shameful. Yeah. I mean, if you came out like, 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 let's say you're talking about the anniversary thing, and you came out and you were, you were ignorant of some things, 
you would be eliminated from the job selection process. You'd just be Absolutely. eliminated from it. Okay, well then, you know, you don't have a job anymore. You don't have a j- chance to get this job anymore. We don't, we're not as rigorous, and I agree with Dawkins, we're not as rigorous as we should be in this country. And there's a lot of people in this country that will vote based on, you know, like we were talking about earlier when they were saying, this person is uh, demonic, so I'm not going to vote for them. That's somebody who's so uneducated that they shouldn't be voting, in my opinion. That's somebody right. who shouldn't have a voice in our country. You're a dick! Oh, be nice! Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay! Oh, my God, what's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. <laughs> Speaking of people that shouldn't be voting or opening their fucking mouths at all, New York Rabbi Yehuda Levin. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing no, the guy's fine. name. That's I, fine. And I just, I don't yeah. even care. I like Yehuda. Um, I think that's a pretty cool name. Yehuda in the hizzy. Whoa, whoa. It's like fucking Yoda. He's like Yoda Levin. Gays cause earthquakes, they do. He, uh... He posted a video on YouTube. Uh, that's crazy. That's just, just crazy. Um, claiming that God it caused the East Coast earthquake on Tuesday because gay marriage is legal in Washington, D.C. and New York. First of all, uh, that's fucking nonsense. But second of all, weak sauce, God. No kidding. <laughs> couldn't stop the legislation. So what'd you do? You you gave a little fucking rump shake? No, no, no. He didn't shake his rump. He says, you have shaken your male member. I, too, shall shake the earth, is what he says. And I, too, shall cause no substantial what? damage or harm. Did God, like, shake his male member on the earth? Because that's a big-ass cock, then, man. That's, that's a awesome. huge cock. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know, that's actually rain. That's... <laughs> That it's that's not kind of gross. Uh, well, you know, here's that. what I want to say to the rabbi though is like, okay, in 2008, they passed Proposition Eight in in California, um, banning gay marriage. And in 2009, there was an earthquake. Okay, <laughs> there's no connection between earthquakes and gay marriage. If if you're sending a signal, um, maybe you could fucking raise the fucking alarm a little sooner after the event, yeah. please. <laughs> That would be nice. Day of you know, the event, maybe? I mean, you know, since you can control everything. Right. You've got control of all of time and earth and energy and the universe and star. I mean, like, there's nothing which does not fall under your control. But somehow it takes you, like, weeks and weeks to, like, get to it. What do you – you got, like – it's too too far down on your fucking list of post-it notes. <laughs> uh, fucking check for milk. Uh, check the archangels. Uh, harass. Make prank calls to Satan. Oh, earthquake. Ah, oh, fuck. How'd that get at the bottom? That, like two months ago. Who put that at the bottom? Peter! <laughs> and I'll fire my personal assistant. It's so hard to find good help in heaven these days. Jesus, have you been on my desk again? I wouldn't believe it even if it were coincidental. But, you know, it would be one thing <laughs> if they were like, now we're going to discuss gay marriage. And then the earth shakes. You're like, whoa, fuck. Okay, back to gay marriage. Oh, the earth shakes again. Every time we say gay marriage, whoa, the earth keeps shaking. Okay. Yeah. All right. Every time we bring it up in session, we have an earthquake. Every time. Ooh. Yeah. That's Man, kind of, that maybe there's alarm. some pause there. Yeah. But, hey, this thing happened. And many weeks <laughs> later, an inconsequential <laughs> geological event occurred. Yeah. Really? Because of gay- Plus, you're doing your fucking Judaism wrong. Are you saying there's literally hell to pay? <laughs> you don't have I hell. Don't have it. 
He's just not a uh, thing you guys have. Yeah. Maybe he's one of those messianic rabbis they were talking about in the, in the Dominionism. Maybe, thing. right. He's crazy. But he's got the fucking crazy beard. I, so. It doesn't preclude him from being a messianic crazy person. He thinks it doesn't. fucking it God doesn't. shaking his male member at us. Earthquake news, though. We got a suggestion from Jeff on our site about uh, conspiracy earthquake sh- uh, earthquake ser- uh, theories, and he sent us a link to what could be the craziest <laughs> site I've ever seen in my entire life. Tom, my favorite part of this article is that when you click on this, like this image, right? So, like, it's got this, like, really sort of weird, weirdly shaped, like, computer-generated drawn piece of the United States, right? So you look at it, and you're like, well, that's a weird-looking United States. And you click on it, and when you click on it, it takes you to a page where it is exactly the same size. <laughs> so it's just the same pixelated, weird little picture. And you're like, what does somebody make a fucking icon of the United States? Because that's what it looks like. It doesn't even look like a real picture. No, this is a this is a super, super, super strange image. I love that, like, he, like Canada is just shown as water. Yeah. <laughs> It's very it's weird. It's like Lake Canada. Yeah. You're just like, I'm going swimming. Look, I know there's a lot of lakes yeah. there, but there's some fucking <laughs> land, too. This is a weird sight. I was a little uncomfortable even, like, clicking know, on this. I I'm know. like, oh, I- I'm going to fucking end up with a Cuban vacation I wasn't expecting. <laughs> These just giant like- <laughs> red links, too. I love how long they are. These big, long, like, red, like, underlined areas where this person's like, I am telling you something important. Please read they're, this. Something I don't think that these are all important. links, though. Yeah. No, they're not links, actually. They're just underlined in red. I thought that they're- they were links. But I was misled. It's just to make them harder yes, to read. Yes, I was misled, and it's a you know it's green. I, you know, first off, you know you want to tell these crazy people just take one you know intro to web design class because the more red and black and fucking dark colors you use, the harder it is on somebody's eyes, and the more chance they're going to come to your site and be like, "Up, oh, crazy person," and just click and leave. If you had an actual site that looked kind of instead of like the Time Cube guy, you had a site that looked more like <laughs> Google, you'd get more hits. Okay. Guy. It's really just this is just insanity. But this is this is talking about like an underground nuke and how that blew up and there was a fucking I mean it's just this is I can't even summarize what this says. It's so nuts. It's it is. It, it's all over the place. I think the idea is that there's like a, a vast network of underground tunnels throughout the United States, like hundreds and thousands of miles of underground tunnels and nuclear explosions caused by foreign military and that that's really what the uh earthquakes were and it's just it, it, imagine just for a moment imagine just the craziest thing you can imagine other than dominionism <laughs> just the, just the craziest thing and that's this website right. right that's it's awesome though and we we love this sort of shit so when you find this sort of nonsense d- definitely email it to us this is somebody who distressingly clearly spent a lot of time on this yeah you know, there's other people, Tom, that are talking about um, the – they're talking about this earthquake in the – you know that fracking, that deep ground fracking oh, right. stuff? right. Yeah, yeah. There's people mm-hmm. that are saying, you know, that the uh, 
that the fracking is happening in, that, in Pennsylvania or whatever, and that caused the earthquake. But what they're forgetting is that there's a fucking fault line down there. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like You're right. just like, well, there's already a precedent for earthquakes to happen. So let's just fucking use Occam's razor here. Let's say what's more fucking likely that you're digging down a thousand or so feet or even if it's a thousand meters, right? Um, you know, you're digging down this deep. How thick is the crust? The crust is, you know what? I think about 20 miles thick or something like that. Yeah, we've never drilled and so we've never penetrated the crust of the earth. Right. Really. So, so how could it be possible that you're causing earthquakes if you're only going down, even if you're going down a mile, let's say, you're still not even right. close to what it would take to move the earth crust to produce that substantial of a, you know, seismic activity. It doesn't even make any sense. And there's a fucking fault line right there. So it's either fracking or it's a fucking nuclear bomb or there's a fault line right there. You decide. (laughs) (laughs) It is a multiple choice, man. No, you know, Cecil, fuck it, dude. I'm sorry. You're fucking wrong, dude. We got to teach the controversy. (laughs) Present the evidence. (laughs) Let the kids decide. Revise all the textbooks. Teach the controversy. controversy, It's either foreign military setting off nuclear explosions that are fucking otherwise undetected, underground, to bomb out a bunch of... Uh, secret tunnels by the United States of Zionism. That's option one, right? Just so we're hey, all Billy, clear. Billy, do you understand that? No, you spelled Zionism wrong. <laughs> option two is that fucking the inconsequential geological results of, of fracking have caused massive earthquake, you know, 5.9 that shook shit for Here, miles and miles Here, my wife felt it That's in a- Chicago. Right, yeah. Uh, option three, of course, is... <laughs> Fault lines. <laughs> Who believes that? Fault lines. How do they work? <laughs> so we did get some uh, some email. We got some very good feedback. We're grateful to get it. Um, we got an email from Tim. Tim said, uh, after listening to the podcast, he wants to help us feel good. Uh, Tim, I want you to help us feel good, too. <laughs> it's, it, he's going to go on and he's going to be posting a rating on iTunes. He it's did, the least actually. he could do. He did. Fucking right, Tim. It is the <laughs> least you could do. Get off. I mean, for fuck's sake, 10 episodes, get off your ass. The uh, <laughs> He says this has quickly become his favorite podcast. I feel the same way. This has quickly become my favorite podcast <laughs> as well. Um, he gets so fucking fed up at the fucking political and religious insanity in this country that he wants to throw a fucking fit. My friend, you fit right fucking in. Absolutely, he does. <laughs> this is the, this is the guy, though. This is funny because uh, I'm pretty sure he's the same person who rated us on iTunes, and he said, although it rivals Deadwood, Deadwood in the use of a certain word beginning with F. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is a great letter from Tim. Uh, he he did say that, you know, he, he said, you know, come on, guys, get off your ass and get, you know, get moving on some more podcasts. We're trying, Tim. It's it's been a little difficult because Tom and I have been trying to figure out the, the, the movement for this. And we do have another podcast that we dedicate time to. So it's it's difficult for us to make sure that we put time aside each week. But Tom and I are trying to make a concerted effort to do that sort of thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, he, he has a website. Uh, it's a blog that that both Tom and I took a look at. And Tom, you, you found a pretty interesting article. It's called Progressive on the Prairie is the name of his blog. Yeah, so we're going to put a link to it on our on our site um, with the permission of Tim. We wouldn't do so otherwise. 
Um, I, I took a look through his blog and I, I liked his blog quite a lot. It's got a lot of uh, book reviews. I don't approve of reading, so I had a problem <laughs> with that. I think that's, uh, even though I was an English major, I had a real problem with that. I, you right, know, it's, right. a, it's a bad call sure. just in general. Um, but he also has uh, a link on there, which I found very amusing, which was uh, uh, suggested that the Earth, and this was on the BBC Science, like alien crazy page. Um, that suggests that the Earth uh, may be blown up in a preemptive strike by aliens um, because of our uh, greenhouse gases or something. I don't know. The rest of it is just nonsense. Um, anyhow, check out his his site. You'll find the link on there. I think it's it's a it's an amusing link. It'll get him a click through. His uh, his site is actually very well organized. His uh, comments are interesting. It's nothing like our show. Yeah, guess, nothing at I'm all. Saying. Nothing at all. Yeah, but it's it's worth your time. It's so check thought it out. out. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. so we got an email from a dumbass or from dumbass, I should say. Yeah, not uh, a dumbass. He, no. He's definitively, uh, you know, we might as well use the def- definitive article of the dumbass. Right. He's the dumbass. Yeah. Um, he's got a, uh, he, he's got his own show. He's got his own podcast, um, which we both took a look, listen to. Um, you can find it at dumbassguide.info. Uh, he suggested that we check out a website that we would love. It's called BibleUFO.com. I did check it out. My brain melted. It was. That's because that's what the alien wanted. I wasn't wearing my tinfoil hat right, when I clicked right. through. So I, I strongly recommend some kind of a radiation shield or yeah. something. Tinfoil. Um, tinfoil works. Yeah. I've got like a lead dentist apron that I wear <laughs> just in case. You know, I chew one part sorry. of it every day. You know, yeah. I just take a little piece of it and chew it up. Uh, <laughs> Dumbass so has got, uh, you know, his own podcast. So I listened to episode six, and uh, and he talks about ancient aliens and that. And one of the things I really like, now this is a different type of podcast than what we do. What it is is it's more of a monologue podcast. Uh, it's not like two jackasses who sit around and cackle at each other and, and say fuck a lot. It's It's a lot more thought out than that. Um, but what he does is he he really I mean he just fucking eviscerates their argument about ancient aliens just takes it apart in a way that's that's kind of sad and if you want a good chuckle go to his site and just read the comments because the comments I can't imagine getting comments from people uh, that agree with the ancient alien show and he calmly debates these people I would be I'd be beside myself. I feel sorry for you, dumbass. I think our explicit stuff keeps like people like that away from us because I don't ever want to have to deal with somebody who's going to defend ancient aliens. No, that's it's it's insanity. It's total insanity. But it, your your point by point uh, decimation, yeah, of ancient aliens is really it's 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 fun to listen to. It is. It's it fun is. to listen to. And I, I recommend listening to his show. You can find it on iTunes. That's why I grabbed it. I just. Searched for dumbass and, you know, narrowed my search by podcast and found it very readily. Yeah. And, he, uh, he did send us the first letter he sent us, Tom, was a little critical of us. And he's pointing out uh, a, a little bit of a flaw about what we had said. Um, he mentions in this in this email that uh, we're basically saying that teachers should have some sort of leeway uh, in which to spout an opinion in class. And he doesn't think that that's a good thing. Uh, he thinks that you know that that this opens the door for creationists to stand up and and then proselytize in class because hey if you can say evolution is right and creationism is bunk then this other teacher should be able to stand up and say hey creationism isn't bunk and here's why and I understand your point completely and I and I think Tom and I both agree that you shouldn't be able to press 
creationism in school. But I think that what happened here, at least from what Tom and I could gather in this in this particular uh, instance when we were talking about last show, this this guy was pressured on the issue and said, well, it's just garbage like creationism is garbage. And I think you should be able to say that because when I was in class, when I was in school, there was nobody who had any particular reverence for flat earth theory. Right. Nobody had any particular reverence for spontaneous generation and or they didn't Holocaust present denial. that. Yeah, they didn't present that as as a as a logical way in which to look at the universe. And that's how I think you should be presenting evolution. You shouldn't be presenting creationism as a way to look at you know, the way the world was created, you shouldn't be presenting it at all. So if they look at an obviously false way in which to look at the universe, you should be able to call it false. Yeah, you know, from what I read, this this guy was a um, European, like an advanced placement European history teacher. And they had a student in his class who kept pressing, like you said, pressing the issue of creationism. And, you know, I don't think, we talked about this, Cecil and I did, um, and I think on balance, I, I tend to agree with you, dumbass. I think, um, although it's, it's weird to say it like that, I, I tend to agree that it, sh- it shouldn't come up of, on your own accord. Right. right? If you're right. a teacher, you shouldn't be like, hey, just so everybody knows, I think your religious beliefs are uh, naive superstitions. So fuck you. Um, that would obviously be grossly inappropriate and not his place. But if somebody opens the door, you've got to be – you've got to have – the ability to respond. You've got to have an ability to say, listen, that subject is not relevant. That is no facts behind that. We need to move on in an intellectually honest way here. And the only way we're going to do that is by dismissing your ridiculous claims as ridiculous claims. Because how else do you address that? I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to kick them out of the class and say, like, you're being disruptive by bringing this nonsense into my classroom? You've got to take... You've got to have some ability to respond to it. And I know that dumbass suggests that the uh, teacher stick to the lesson plan. The lesson plan is is designed by the teacher. It's I mean, I, I went to school to be a, a high school English teacher, and I ended up not being one, but you, you develop your own lesson plan. So it's not like a hard and fast thing that you're handed and being like, okay, teach this lesson plan. It's, you know, it's Tuesday, and you're writing your lesson plan for Wednesday. If you're a procrastinator like me, a great email though, dumbass, and and we're happy that you're that you're listening. We're happy that you uh, that you had some criticism, and if you have some in the future, let us know. I mean, we're willing to tell you that you're wrong. So, <laughs> we also got an email from Luke. Luke likes the show. He sent us an email that uh, gave a sort of a personal story about one of his experiences. It was a very amusing story. I don't want to share it here because it seemed like a personal experience, so it doesn't seem fair to sort of share it with with a general audience but luke we appreciate you sharing your story with us and uh we're glad that you're listening we're glad that you like the show um we also received a voicemail so one of the fun things about google voice is google when we when we get in our email we get notification that we received a google voice voicemail and it attempts to give us a translation um, (laughs) of that now i want to play the actual voicemail here and then i want to read what Google said, he said. So this is the actual voicemail. Hi, it's uh, Fyodor Minikov. I just started doing a competing podcast along similar lines to yours, and uh, I just had a gripe about one of your episodes that I wanted to read to you in a prepared statement. On uh, episode 8, in Hot Sex with a Fire Goddess, you said that Carl Sagan's original Cosmos was boring. 
Uh, now, as with the David Lynch film, it's not something you should watch over and over again, and certainly not for the science. However, in my opinion, it's meant to infuse the spirit with a simultaneous sadness for the moment, profound optimism for the future, wonder at the past, desire to inquire in the present, in short, a connectedness to all things, human and otherwise. But, and I think here's the problem. You need to get stoned first, which may have been it. Anyway, great podcast, guys. Keep it up. I listen to you, not for the science, but for the enjoyment. So, um, great. Thanks. And here is Google's interpretation of that through their Google Voice Translator. Needs work, guys. <laughs> Hi, it's for your butt. Also, I just started doing a competing podcast along some or line Steve orders, and I just had a write about what you're up. So that I wanted to read you on a prepared statement and that ability. Hot sex with a fire goddess. I love it it got that right. I know that's awesome, man. <laughs> He said the call, sake of the regional calls, was most boring. I know. I've a David Wynn film. It's not something you should watch over the, and I'm certainly not the science. However, in my opinion, it's meant to refuse this pair of with a simultaneous sadness for the moment found off to the future. Whether the past as I don't want to present short connect, this is all things human otherwise. Bye. Oh, and I think you're the problem. You need to get stoned first, which may have been it anyway. Great talk at, guys. Keep it up. I was reviewing off the sign, so if you can join so, great. Thanks. <laughs> to address the actual email, though, I like, I do like, I do like um, the, the line that it says, and I think you're the problem. Google Voice got that right. Perfectly got that right. Um, he says, he does say he, he has a competing podcast. Um, you don't have a competing podcast, and I'll tell you why. Podcasts are free, so nobody, <laughs> nobody is going to pay for your podcast or my pod. These are free shows, so if somebody wants to listen to it, they're going to listen to your show or my show. Uh, I think your name's Fedor. You read uh, – it was hard to read or hard to hear, so I think your name's Fedor or Fedor. Just tell us what your podcast name is, dude. I don't care. Plug it yeah, on our I, show. It doesn't matter. It's not a competing podcast. If somebody is listening to our show and you have a similar show, let them know about it. You know, go on our page on our Cognitive Dissonance and post it on the Facebook. They'll be like, hey, by the way, I got this other show. It's very similar to Cognitive Dissonance. I don't care that they listen to your show. I want them to listen to other shows. I want you to listen to the Dumbass Guide Guys show. I want you to listen to Fedor's show. Um, but uh, you do. you say that, you know, uh, we we kind of got it wrong, and I knew I was going to catch some shit with that Carl Sagan thing, right? Like you can't make fun of Carl Sagan in the skeptic world, and you certainly can't call him boring. I I I agree. I think that when these movies first came out, and when I saw them uh, the first time, I was intrigued, and I think they are good movies. I do disagree that if you get stoned, you would somehow enjoy them more. I think that's a fucking recipe for a nap, if you ask me. <laughs> like I think I think you figured out a way to beat insomnia if you watch like Cosmos stoned, but. Uh, but it's it's it, it is a good series, and you're right. It does all those things that you mentioned. It is a great series. Um, I just and you're right. It's not something you can watch over and over again. But I do think they're dated. I'm not lying when I say I think they're dated. I think that we have changed the way in which we um, look at uh, film and documentary and those sorts of things. And then we just we just do it in a different way nowadays. It's a totally different thing to watch documentary made back then and watch something now. It's just a, it's just a different feel. So I feel like they are dated. Um, and I'm probably going to get shit for that, too. But thanks for the thanks for the voicemail. We're very happy that you sent a voicemail in. 
and I, we're, we're happy also that you don't listen for the science because there's fucking zero right. science <laughs> con- content. That's show. not the reason to listen to this show. I'm right. not sure yet what the reason to listen yeah, to this show is. Yeah, I don't know that I figured is. out a reason either. But it's um, not the science. We I, know what it's not. I want to mention. Sure. Yeah, I want to mention a couple of people on uh, on Twitter that have been uh, sort of instrumental in helping us out. Uh, very recently, Free Think Geek and uh, Skeptic Cat, as well as uh, a person by the name of Zev. And I, I, if you go on our Twitter site and you look, you can see the uh, the at mentions that they they do for us. But people really help us out when they just shoot an at mention and say, "Hey, these guys have a great podcast or whatever." You know, a lot of people on Twitter they have fifteen hundred followers, sixteen hundred followers. You know, just sending that out to 1,600 people, you know, if you get two or three people that, that see it and read it and go, oh, my gosh, this is a great podcast, and they start listening, that would be – that would that would really help us out. And it's it's a, it's a, it's a great way in which to very easily sort of transmit to a ton of people the podcast. And, and we really appreciate the help that we're getting from people on Twitter. If you are on Twitter, um, it's not hard to find people that are skeptical, liberal, and atheist. I am finding that out pretty easily. And I'm slowly accumulating a bunch of people that we're following because – these people exist, so if you and chances are, if I found you, you have a list of people already that you that you follow that are very similar uh, in similar that have similar thoughts. So go ahead and forward to them too. We have a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as always, Tom, uh, we are going to end the show uh, with the Skeptics' Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. Thank you for listening to Cognitive Dissonance. If you want to reach us by phone, you can call us at 740-743-6828. That's 740-74-DOUBT. Long distance rates apply. Send us an email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at dissonance underscore pod. <laughs>